0: let's get it all football all the time you're listening to the best football show hosted by brian baldinger good morning good morning this is brian baldinger this is the best football show i'm brian baldinger uh, at baldy nfl uh, you can find this uh, daily uh, podcast on your odyssey app uh wherever you download that uh like subscribe all that kind of stuff like it like it like it let's spread the new good news um every day I come with some musings of what I see right here on the third floor at NFL films in my film room, and uh, it's where mostly where I come from, but I'll be going to Super Bowl here soon and going to Los Angeles and doing stuff for the Senior Bowl, but I think there is news that's worthy that isn't really related to the game right now. And that's some of the coaching hires and decisions that have just been made in the last 24 hours. Let's start by Seattle. Uh, going with Mike McDonald as their new head coach. I think it's a great hire. I know uh, Dan Quinn was in play. A lot of people were in play in Seattle, trying to replace the great Pete Carroll. But I'm a fan of Mike McDonald's. I knew Mike when he was the linebacker coach in Baltimore, uh, working for Wink McDonald. uh, Wink Martindale, I'm sorry, Wink Martindale. Um, And he left there to go be the defense coordinator for John Harbaugh's brother, Jim Harbaugh, in Michigan. And all he did was help Michigan get to the Final Four and a playoff berth. And then when Wink parted ways with the Baltimore Ravens, John brought Mike back to Baltimore. And all he did in Baltimore this year was have the number one defense, lead the league in sacks, lead the league in takeaways. It's a pretty strong resume for a guy who's now the youngest head coach in the NFL at age 36. But he's worked with both Harbaugh's championship programs at both the college and the pro level. And I think he's ready. And I think Seattle has an abundance of talent, a lot of young talent that they have been drafting. Uh, you know, Devin Witherspoon could easily be the defensive rookie of the year. Whether he gets it or not, I don't know. But he was a great selection to go with Quandre Diggs. And, you know, some of the players at Taquan, some of the players that they have there, Boye, Mafé, I think he's going to fit in real well. We'll see what he does with his coaching staff. Uh, You know, who's going to call plays and the offensive system. But, you know, they've got a good offensive line. They've got good running backs. They've got young running backs, Kenneth Walker, and Charbonnet. They've got a great receiving core, DK. uh, You know, I mean, just across the board, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, it's three good tight ends. I mean, the, the place is built to win. I think it's a good hire. I really do. I, I think he can put his defensive scheme in place very quickly and talking to guys that understand it know it and match up zone concepts and um, perceived pressure concepts that he has. I think it's pretty easy to to teach and easy to understand. And you can play fast, and they can uh, absorb the system very quickly. And the system really is that even when you got to replace great players, like they had to in Baltimore this year when Marcus Williams got hurt and Marlon Humphrey got hurt. Like even when they had to do those kind of things, um, they were able to adapt to the next guy up. And then if you look at a guy like Kyle Hamilton and just the emergence into a, a superstar right in front of us, I, Kyle Hamilton is a great talent, but I don't know if he was playing in another system, if he would be what he is right now. Uh, And so I think he could take great players and put them in great places like Kyle. I think he could teach a great system. I think Seattle defensively has to improve. I think you're going to get an improved defense. And I think you're going to get a good young leader that's learned from both John and Jim Harbaugh and Wink Martindale. I mean, just experienced veteran coaches. I think he's absorbed a lot and I think he's going to be able to take that to the field. I think it was a good hire by Seattle. Conversely, Ben Johnson decided to turn the job down in Washington, whether he was going to get the job or not. Um, there was going to be a formal interview. And he stopped the interview from happening and said he wanted to go back and stay at Detroit. And I understand it. Um, his wife likes it there. That's a big consideration for any coach. Um, he loves Dan Campbell. He loves what they're building. He loves the young talent in Detroit, whether it's Amon Ross, St. Brown or Jameson Williams or Jameer Gibbs. He likes the culture. He likes the system. He thinks there's unfinished business and maybe he's gambling on himself. Maybe if Detroit comes back even better next year, if he does that, maybe he gets even a better offer. That being said, these jobs don't come around very often. The star that, and the shining star that he is right now, not to say that it's going to be like that. This is a year to year league, you know, uh, Players get hurt, Uh, promising seasons uh, deteriorate, injuries, who knows? Egos, all these things can happen, can take down a team. Happened in Philadelphia this past year. So there's no guarantee, but I think he's okay. I don't think he's going to have any regrets. Uh, And maybe, who knows, maybe he's not a head coach. Maybe he's just a great coordinator, you know? And so uh, for whatever reason, He turned the job down. Washington now uh, can turn their attention to other people like perhaps Anthony Weaver in Baltimore, who's been a a great player, went to Notre Dame, played in the league a long time, played for Baltimore, coached in Houston, been around, been a coordinator, been a position coach. Uh, Maybe Anthony Weaver is, is the guy. I'm not predicting that. I'm just suggesting that that could be a guy that Washington could turn to very quickly. I know this, I know Joshua Harris from living in Philadelphia, and what he does to organizations. There's no resource that is beyond the control of Joshua Harris, the owner, writing a check, whether it's a new stadium, a new practice facility, money for free agency, how you travel, upgrades, like all that stuff is now in play with Joshua Harris, So a coach that goes there you're going to have unlimited resources to build a winner. And so the coach that does get that job, it's going to be a good job. You got the number two pick in the draft. You've got extra picks from trading Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Like you can turn this thing around, I believe. If the quarterback, if they choose a quarterback, and if the quarterback is on par with what we just saw from C.J. Stroud, and I don't know if any of these guys are or not, I mean – we won't, we won't know until they play. But if you get a quarterback of that type of ability, just like it got turned around in Houston very quickly, it could get turned around in Washington very quickly. And then finally, there was a hire in Green Bay. Green Bay uh, fired Joe Barry. Uh, I don't know if it was this week or if it was last week. <laughs> the defense coordinator in Green Bay. And I thought Jeff. Actually, I thought Joe actually did a good job. Um, I thought they played well, real well at times. Uh, Look, San Francisco had a final drive to knock him out. Okay. 62 yards, um, you know, to knock him out of the playoffs. But I thought, I thought he did a good job integrating a lot of players, especially with the injuries they had in the secondary. But that being said, they went out and hired Jeff, uh, Jeff Halfley. So, Jeff Affley is a guy that has coached in the NFL. Jeff coached, he's a secondary coach, coached the secondary at Boston college. Um, but Jeff is now going to be the defense coordinator, but he's, he's coached the secondary in Pittsburgh, uh, in, in, Cle- in Cleveland, in Tampa. He's got an NFL resume of seven or eight years being in the league. Now he also coached at Ohio state head coach, of Boston college, but honestly, I'm only mentioning this hire as a defensive coordinator uh, because I think he's he's going to be a I think he's a, a good coach, and I think you know if you've coached the secondary in the NFL, um, you kind of understand game planning, how to take away an opponent's strength, uh, how you match coverages with fronts, and like you 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 know a great deal. I, I think it's a good hire, but I think this is just the beginning. I think we're going to see a lot of college coaches exiting the college ranks, coming to the NFL. Um, obviously, Jim Harbaugh is Jim Harbaugh. But I, I think you're going to see more, not just head coaches, but coordinators leaving college and coming to the NFL. Because I, I think it's just the wild, wild west in college football. I think coaches can handle the NIL and the money that's coming in for players. I think they can handle that. What they can handle is the whole portal thing where players – like I just did the hula bowl a couple of weeks ago and I'm getting ready for the senior bowl. You start reading the resumes of these kids now, you know, it used to be okay. They went to two schools, maybe three, maybe they started a division one school. Things didn't work out, went to junior college, came back to finish in a school. You're seeing kids now at three and four schools everywhere and sometimes more because let's just say you recruit a high priced quarterback to come to you and you spend, a year and a half of resources, recruiting a top flight quarterback to come to your school. And then he gets there and you said, well, okay, well, this, is, this is the competition. And the guy turns around and walks out and says, I, you know, I'm going to a place I can play. I'm just using that as a loose example. But kids don't, kids don't compete anymore. They don't, they, when they get beat out, they leave. Like that's not, that's not what makes football fun. I and mean, what makes it great for a college coach? What makes it fun is, when you get beat out, you go compete and you go improve yourself and beat that guy out or supplant him when there's an injury at, and go find a way to get on the field and play. That's the essence of competition. Like, kids, like it used to be you – I mean, obviously this is a long time ago, but, you know, my brother was recruited by Joe Paterno at Penn State, and he was going to redshirt my brother at Penn State. And my brother was like, ah, I want to play. And he went to Wake Forest where he played as a freshman. And it was the right decision for my brother Richard. He played 12 years in the NFL. Um, but my brother Gary went to Wake Forest, followed my brother at Wake Forest, and he didn't he was a big time recruit out of New York, you know, 6'3", 215, coming out of school and he could run all day and was uh you know, was was a great athlete. Um but he didn't start his freshman year at Wake Forest, but he ended up being you know lost out in in the final vote for defensive player of the year in the Atlanta Coast Conference to Michael Dean Perry not not a bad guy to lose out to but but my point is he competed and he never stopped competing and he ended up playing 7 years in the NFL so that's what's driving Jeff Hafley and I think you're going to see this exodus like Nick Saban leaves Alabama they get a good coach coming in there that program's already splintering that like within hours after Nick retired, players already leaving that program. They never would have left under Nick. They would have stayed, competed and gotten better and whole thing. And I don't think it's a bad thing that these college coaches are coming. Some of them have NFL experiences. Um, I remember when Matt rule, you know, left temple or and left Baylor to go to uh temple and Baylor to come to the Carolina Panthers. He, he coached, uh, with the New York Giants on the offensive line. Like, he had NFL experience. Uh, I think you're going to see guys leaving college now, at head coach and coordinating level, going, I I can't even build a program anymore. And forget about, you know, Jeff said Boston College is a private school, not a big school. They don't have the money that Ohio State, Georgia, Florida State, some of these schools have. Texas, you can't compete with those schools. And so, and then if you can't compete, one one thing you could do is, Recruit two and three star athletes, and just develop them the way Matt Rule had, at, you know, at Baylor and at, at, at Temple, and turn those two and three star athletes into Hassan Reddick and Deion Dawkins and PJ Walker and guys that went on to the NFL careers. You know, um, I don't even know if you could keep those kids in school anymore and develop them, and that's how they were able to compete and beat out top flight schools. Uh, Baylor could beat Oklahoma because of Matt's program of keeping kids in the system for three and four years. By the time they were seniors, they were ready to take down five-star athletes in Oklahoma. So I think this is a trend that we just saw yesterday or the day before new defense coordinator in Green Bay. I think Jeff's a good coach. Uh, He's got a good track record, but this is just the beginning. I think when we start looking to fill, um, coordinator roles, position coaches. I think you could see guys leaving college and going to the NFL right now because of the landscape of college football. So that's been the best football show. I'm not getting very far away from the Super Bowl. I'll be here to talk about the wide zone of San Francisco, what uh, what's at stake and how Kansas City is going to stop it, uh, and vice versa. Uh, there'll be more football conversations and deeper conversations about the game, Super Bowl 58. February 11th in Las Vegas. I'll be there on Sunday uh, and I'll be joining you from Las Vegas uh, throughout the week next week. So thanks for joining me. Look forward to talking to you uh, next week.